Welcome to the Fit Strength Podcast, where you will be informed, educated, and empowered in order to take charge and take action so you can reach your athletic and or fitness goals. The only way for you to get stronger, faster, and better conditioned is to be consistent every day, all year long, doing things that will ensure your mind and body is strong and resilient. If you're ready to make changes, then let's go. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Mark Bruce, your host. Welcome back to the Fitchman Performance Podcast, and this is episode 69. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm going to talk about how you can improve your defense on the basketball court. So stay tuned. I know you'll like the show. Hey, welcome back to episode 69. Today I have an exciting topic to, to talk about. Um, you know, Growing up when I played basketball, um, you know, high school and college basketball, my claim to fame, if you want to call it claim to fame, um, you know, I, I was the defensive guy. I love defense. You know, I just think there's there's just something about it. You know, I was talking to my high school coach the other day, and when it comes to defense, you know, you're just never off. You know, but if you think about offense, you know, if you're just a dead-eye shooter, right, you're in the corner, you're coming off screens, but, like, a lot of the plays – may not involve you because you're doing one thing and then just on offense right not everyone can touch the basketball not everyone can score some people are setting screens some people are just you know they're defensive players right so there may not be getting a lot of touches you know if you're a center and you have a ball dominant point guard and you're very guard heavy right that's um you know right you're going to be limited on the touches if you're a big and, and a team like that but on defense, you're always on. You always get action. You're always involved. You got to be in help defense. You know, you're coming over a screen. If you're guarding the best player, you could be in a diamond and one. Like, right, there's just so much going on on defense that, you know, to me, I just loved it. It just was, it, you know, it was it was fun for me to get to play the, the, the best player, the biggest player, the strongest player, the fastest player. It was just a great challenge, and I loved it. Um but nowadays, it's, you know, it's not as loved for all. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't get the validation. You don't, you know, unless you're like a high riser, you know, guard or big guy and you're getting two, three blocks, even at that, that's two, three blocks, right? Um, that's on the stat line, you know, but, you know, as far as tip passes or just preventing your guy from scoring, you know, it's just, you don't get that stat line. You're not getting all of the accolades for being on offense as you do on offense. You know, you don't get that validation. You know, you're not getting a higher light reel realistically. You know, you know, if you look at some of the Twitter guys or Instagram, you know, businesses, right? They're not really putting together, you know, highlight reels of defensive stoppers. It's the offensive players. It's, you know, everyone wants a, a highlight reel for their offense, not so much their defense. But if you ask any coach, right? Any coach out there, right? They want a two-way player, right? If they have already a really, really good offensive player, right? They're going to want, you know, two or three defensive stoppers. You know, every team needs a guy that's going to lock someone down at the defensive end. Um, it's just, you're needed. You're going to be such a high commodity if you're a good defender. So today I'm going to talk about how you can become a better defender, how you can improve your defense. Cause you know, everyone can improve their defense. Um, I'm going to talk about myths. I'm going to talk about things that you can work on. I'm going to give you some drills and some strategies that you can do on your own. Um, you know, so I'm excited about this conversation. So myths about defense. You know, I came up with four myths. You know, it was kind of hard to come up with these myths, but I came up with four. Number one is, um, you know, 
you don't, you know, do not cross your feet. That's a myth, right? Do not cross your feet. You're you're going to be bad on defense if you cross your feet. I hear it all the time. You know, I remember the drills growing up. You know, you can't cross your feet. You can't cross your feet. If you cross your feet, you're going to be in trouble. Um, number two, you know, defense is all effort. You know, I think there's there is some truth to that, but I don't think it's the end all be all, right? You do have to have the right mindset. Um, but at the end of the day, you do have to be athletic. You have to be strong. You have to have good footwork. You have to be skilled. You have to be able to perform various footwork movements in order to, um, you know, stop down that particular player, offensive player. Number three, you have to be a really good athlete to be a good defender. Um, right. Connor, Connor Dick's myth number two, um, but you know, I think there's other defensive strategies that can make you a really good defender, right? It may, it may not mean that you're locking down the point guard, but it could mean that, you know, you are going to be effective. You know, it's always that thought process of your defender, if you or if you're a really good offensive player and you can get 20 points a game, but whoever you're guarding, you're giving up 22, 24. Um, yeah, I don't know about that, right? I don't know if you're going to get 20 points, but you're giving up 24. You still got to make up those four points. And if you end up losing by two or four, right? Like I'd rather have a dude that can put up 12 and stop that dude who's hitting 24 points to stop them from putting up those points because that's their that's their go-to guy. You're deflating the team if you can stop their go-to player. And or if it's just an average player and they're going to score, get a bucket on you every time because you're just not really trying on defense or not very good, I don't need that because if you're not guarding the best player and the best player gets theirs – and then the secondary player, the third player, is getting more than they normally get because you're just not a good defender. All right, that's not going to help your team either. And then number four, defense is all about shuffling and sliding your feet. Right. So similar to myth number one, don't cross your feet. Right. Playing defense is more than just shuffling or moving laterally. Right. There's different ways of changing direction when playing defense. And we're going to dive into that. But real quick, look up Lee Taft on YouTube, Instagram. He's a guru. He's great. He's got awesome stuff about changing direction and defense. Um, okay. So let's talk about how you can become a better defender. Yes, you need to want to play defense. Let's be real. You have to want to play defense. You have to play both ways. Yeah, you, you know, some players who are really good on offense may think, well, I don't want to get tired on defense because then I won't be able to have my, I won't have the legs I need in the fourth quarter to shoot, or I'll just be tired on offense if my team needs me on offense, or I need offensive stats, right? So you do have to want to play defense. Um, so there is that piece. Um, but also there's there's an athleticism piece, there's a strength piece. You know, when you look at defense, Right. You, you have to decelerate and accelerate. So that that stems from having, you know, having having good eccentric strength. And that's why strength training is important. That's why being a good athlete is important if you want to be a good defender. Right. I know a lot of kids are lifting weights. Right. They're squatting. They're deadlifting. They're lunging. All that stuff's great. But you also have to be a good athlete, hopping, skipping, changing direction, opening up their hips, closing their hips, you know, shuffling, then crossover runs then crossover steps. Then just like, you know, being able to, you know, stop on a dime and explode vertically or you need to be able to shoot the lane. So have horizontal speed and power. Right. A lot of that is just being an athlete. You know, a lot of my consultations with athletes and athletes coming in here, we're going to skip. 
We're going to hop. We're going to bound. We're going to do things rhythmic, rhythmically and athletic because you need those traits to be a good athlete, a good basketball player, and also an even better defender, right? So being able to do A skips, B skips, lateral A skips, karaoke that looks smooth and rhythmic, hopping on one foot that is, you know, that is smooth again, that is going, you know, hopping on two feet, then hopping on the other two feet, then going one to two and scissoring and having those kind of rhythmic abilities. If you look at really good defenders, they're really good athletes, right? So sprinting, bounding, doing um, broad jumps, hurdle jumps into box jumps, repeat hurdle jumps, skater hops, right? Those are all things that are going to make you a better athlete in addition to being strong. And if we look at eccentric loading, this is where you lower weight slowly. So you can load the joint, you can teach the tendon how to absorb force, and then teach it how to reproduce and do something with it, right? So there's a huge value in strength training in multiple planes, right? So if you look at a squat and a deadlift, that's in the sagittal plane. Moving laterally is in the frontal plane. So athletes need to learn how to how to do a lateral lunge. A lot of issues I see with athletes doing lateral lunges is when they do a lateral lunge, they push their knee out. So they're supinating their foot, they're externally rotating their tibia, and they're telling their femur to externally rotate. But if you look at this thing called propulsion, it, it revolves around internal rotation at the hip, tibial internal rotation, pronation at the foot, so you can pronate. Um, and you can propulse and be athletic. So we got to teach our athletes how to internally rotate and pronate and have that tibia to internally rotate as you're moving in that frontal plane. Um, so we'll do things called our sway step. We'll do things with different reaching while we're moving laterally. So we can teach our athletes how to, you know, internally rotate in their hip. Um, Right, so we just talked about that decelerating, re-accelerating piece, and a lot of that comes from like change of direction and agility drills. Um, so one, you want to do these drills almost robotic to a degree, so you can teach your body how to perform these things, right? So if we think of one huge movement that's so valuable in defense, it's the crossover step. This crossover step is if you're thinking of like, I like to think of like a center fielder in baseball, you know, even like a cornerback or safety in football. Think of if you're a center fielder and there's a long fly ball, you are cross, oh, you're running backwards, right? If you're, if you're left, if you're right-handed, you're running to the right, but you're looking straight at that ball, right? So you're crossing over your feet as you're running, but your shoulders um, are facing the direction of where the ball is so you can catch, plant, and then crow hop it and throw. The same thing goes like if you're playing defense and you know, you're know you squaring up with the offensive player and they book it hard right. Let's say you're playing 94 feet. They book it hard right. Nine out of 10 times, a shuffle is not going to cut it. Shuffle is not going to work. So what you need to do is do a crossover run as they're going to your left shoulder. You are sprinting to the direction. So your hips are turned to the left, right? That left foot is pointing to that left direction, like that left sideline. The right foot is following and trailing it. So your feet are pointing in that left, but your shoulders are facing the defensive player. So that's a crossover run. Being able to perform that movement is going to help you retreat, but also beat the defender to the spot. And then you have to reposition your feet so you can either do a quick shuffle left to right or 
open those hips up again and do another crossover run, right? So in those moments, you're going to cross your feet because that's what you need to do in that moment to stop your offensive player. Because no matter what your coach says, if you stop your offensive player by any means necessary and you are then in a good position again to play good defense, they're going to say what you did was appropriate. Right. They're not going to say, hey, that was a bad job stopping your offensive player, turning the ball over, getting a bucket. But that was a bad job because you crossed your feet. Right. That's it's not going to be said. You know, I, I, I guarantee you. But if you cross your feet and you're in an even worse position to reaccelerate and reposition. Right. This is where the the um, the computerized, the robotic drills done while doing a crossover step to a hip turn to a crossover step or a crossover step to a shuffle or a shuffle to a crossover step, those robotic drills are going to be helpful for you because you're going to teach your body how to move in those directions. Um, but when when you shuffle, if you look at our Instagram post, fit strength underscore performance today, you're going to see an overspeed shuffle drill that I did. And if you look at myself as I go to one direction and then come back to the starting position, my feet, my feet cross. And I'm trying to do a shuffle. I'm trying to shuffle. I'm not trying to do a crossover step, but I'm also trying to be explosive and fast and reactive, but my feet are going to cross. They are going to cross, not aggressively, but if you notice my left foot, right, my left foot comes behind my right foot and it's naturally going to happen. And if you look at a crossover run, so go to our YouTube channel and look at the crossover run or crossover step, you're crossing your feet. It's going to happen. So it doesn't mean that you don't teach a shuffle without crossing your feet, crossing your feet, because you will have to. It means that there's more to that puzzle. There's different lateral change of direction skills, right? Just like basketball and a jump shot, right? You have a set shot, you have a pull up, you have a step back. You, you know, if you look at Kobe Bryant or, or uh, you know, look Kobe Bryant, right, if the player was ta- if the defensive player was taking his left side away when he was shooting, right, he would bring the ball to the right and then square up and still shoot it. Um, there's floaters, there's, you know, extendos, there's Euro steps, there's different ways to finish, different ways to put the ball in the bucket. So on defense, there's different strategies to stop the offensive player because sometimes you just need a different strategy. Sometimes you just need a different skill, a different tool in your toolbox. So this is where you just can't say blanketed, don't cross your feet, right? It may, it may be like in this kind of play, crossing your feet was not ideal, because it puts you out of position. So how do we improve the other way that you could stop the offensive player? So you have to teach the athlete a different way, but also reinforce that you still may have to cross your feet and it's okay. So this is where we need to improve strength, improve deceleration and reacceleration, but give athletes different strategies based on what they're seeing. And this is going to bring me into this idea that sometimes you don't need to be like an amazing athlete to be a great defender. You just need to know a good strategy in that moment that can beat the offensive player to the spot. You may have to have a a higher IQ of basketball, right? If you take the left side away, you're going to have to know they're going to go right. So you may just have to be more reactive, You know, you have to be more reactive to beat them to the spot. You have to know how to make them go to where you want to go or where you want them to go. So there's different ways to be a really good defender 
without being super athletic. And that just might mean you just have to see the game differently. You have to study the game. You have to understand like where could players go in certain positions. And this may mean like, you know, when a, when a player shoots, even if they get a wide open shot, maybe you put their hand, your hand in their face, you know, so they just don't see that rim quickly. And then you think of like something that I was taught is that up tap. A lot of players want to swipe down in the basketball, but think of the up tap. And that's a good tactile skill. You may not be the fastest, but if a player gets lazy, right, you can up tap that ball to disrupt them. And now they become a passer. You disrupt the offense because now like now the play is, is disturbed because it's slower. Um, and then you may also get a steal, right? You may also get a steal. Right. So there's different strategies that you can um, perform in the defensive end if you were just not the fastest, if you just aren't like the most athletic. Right. So there's other ways to be a good defender. Um, So what are some things that you can do? So things that I love to do for for a lot of athletes, getting stronger is going to be huge. Um, You know, I'm not opposed to the ladder drill because that's coordination, but the ladder drill isn't going to help you be faster. It can improve your footwork, right? So we will use a ladder drill variations to improve footwork, to strengthen, you know, the feet. Um, So something, if you look at the beginning of your workout, they can improve your defense. Do some barefoot hopping, bounding, skipping, A skips, B skips, skater hops, little things like that. Focus on like, you know, quick hip turning movements. You know, we have things that are forward, backwards, karaoke steps. We have like continuous crossover steps. We have skater hop medleys, skater hops, med ball skater hops, where we're not really trying to focus on force production, but we're moving quick. Right, we're just getting off the ground really quick, keeping the heel off the ground. We love split squat calf raises. We like we love ISO floating heel, um, you know, quarter squats. Those are all great movements to improve your foot strength to help you to help that foot be more rigid so we can get off the ground quicker. And then we love resistance band movements where we are working on force because you have to go somewhere. You have to be able to put force into the ground. So this is resistance band, single to double leg, long jumps. This is resistance band crossover steps. These are lateral hide-ins. Um, you know, these are, um, you know, broad jump variations. These are lateral sled drags, lateral sled drives. Um, so these are all great movements that can improve your defense. And if I'm talking about improving your defense specifically, the strength exercises that I want you to focus on are you know heavy split squat movements changing up the tempo doing isometrics and then frontal plane movements so lateral lateral lunges wide stance stepping um, lateral lunges um, you know doing a lateral lunge and then coming back to an upright position with your feet in a more narrow and then stepping again because they were getting a ballistic action so those are all exercises that can improve your defense Again, super excited to talk about this topic. Um, And again, just to highlight some of the things that we talked about. You're going to cross your feet over on defense. It's not a bad thing. Provide yourself with more tools and skills to improve your defense so you are more effective. Next, um, you know, work on decelerating and reaccelerating. So that can be done with strength training exercises or, you know, agility and change of direction drills. But make it more specific to what you're going to see in basketball. Um, you know, the ladder drill, great for coordination, good for, you know, some like feet tissue durability if you're barefoot, but again, it's not necessarily going to make you quicker laterally. And then, you know, you want to add in, um, 
you know, think about the tactile piece of basketball and see if you can just see things differently. So if you're not the fastest or the strongest or the quickest, you know, you can still be a good defender, but you just have to study the game differently and see how you can disrupt the offensive player and beat them to the spot, have quicker reaction times, disrupt them before they can really utilize their speed and quickness or overpower you with things that you're limited in. Um, and then last, right, you know, strength train. Strength train is huge for you younger athletes and even more advanced athletes, but there's different ways to strength train. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm pumped to talk about this thing. Share this with a teammate, with an athlete, with a coach. You know, I think this is some valuable information. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the show. If this episode was helpful in any way, please share this episode with a teammate, a parent, or a coach to help get this podcast in front of many people like yourself. I really appreciate your support. For more information about sports performance training, follow us on Instagram at fitstrength underscore performance or subscribe to our YouTube channel that has over 1,500 videos. Have a great day and happy training. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Bruce, owner of Fit Strength Performance. Um, this is going to be a part of our episode on the Fit Strength Performance podcast. And this is going to, and I'm going to dive into a common question we hear all the time from our new potential athletes of the gym from themselves or their parents. And this question is, how many times a week should I be training? It's an awesome question. It is a question you should be asking. And my answer, you know, for with a lot of my answers is it always depends. You know, the way that our programming works at Fit Strength is that you're purchasing a package based on how many times a week you'd like to train, right? We have three popular plans. We have our, our unlimited plan. We have our two times a week or eight session plan. Then we have our once a week or four session package. And we let our athletes and parents choose as far as what plan works for them. And this is because a lot of it will stem from what fits in the schedule, where the, where the athlete is in their, in their calendar year as far as their sport goes. Um, so I'm going to give you two answers. The first answer is going to be based on what I think is the best option for all athletes. And then I'll give you some additional caveats to that. So if you're asking me, hey, how many times a week should I be spending in the weight room working on my athleticism? I'm going to say two times a week. And the number one reason is because it gives you a lot of variability, right? We can work on one day, you can work on those linear horizontal mechanics as far as sprinting, jumping. You can work on other strength exercises that, you know, such as a squat or a deadlift, and you can change up what you're doing with your upper body and your core. Um, and then working on different single leg movements, and then that can progress into differing exercises that are more specific to your sport and or are more intense in nature where you need, you know, four to eight weeks to prepare your body to handle those movements. Um, that's my number one recommendation. That's our most popular plan at the gym. A lot of our athletes, you know, when they're finishing their season, they'll start coming in two times a week for anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks. And then they'll take, you know, maybe a month where they'll drop down to once a week when things get busy. Some will ramp it up as they get closer to their season. And then when their season kicks in, they'll jump into an unlimited plan or a, an in-season plan. 
Um, so that's usually that year calendar for a lot of our athletes. So, you know, that first answer, if you're asking me how many times a week should my athlete train, um, should train, you know, if they're a sixth grader, which is usually where we start, or they're an eighth, 11th, senior in high school, you know, I'm going to say two times a week because that's going to give you a lot of variability. It's going to really help us improve your athleticism. But the second, now the second answer is based on, you know, what can you fit in your schedule? Because the best program is one that you can adhere to. If you came in every single day, would that be awesome? Would we be able to do a, a lot of things as far as helping you jump high or move better laterally or change direction better, improve your conditioning, really tackle some movement um, imbalances? Yes, we could. But if your month calendar is so crazy where one week you come in six times, the next week you only come in twice, the next week you only come in three times, the next week you can only come in once, then that unlimited plan isn't good for you. You know, and same thing, I love the two times a week plan. If you can't do that, coming in once a week is awesome as well. You know, so for me, athletes who can spend one to two times a week out of their sport working on athleticism, working on foot stability, working on hip mobility, working on strength, explosiveness, working, you know, building size, um, you know, really mitigating a chance of an injury, you know, working on certain movements that could help prevent that injury, right? That's going to be the best plan. So, you know, I always ask that question to a parent or an athlete is how many times a week can you come in and train with us? In a perfect world, what does that look like? But then also, what does that really look like for you? And um, that's going to be your answer. Um, so for me, it's, it's if you can come in two times a week, that's the best option. And then understand that you can ebb and flow throughout the calendar year. So for three months, you can come in two times a week. Then for one month, you can drop down to once. And then for the next the next month, you can ramp it up to as many, you know four or five times in a week. And then when the season starts, you do our, our in-season plan, which you could come in once a week or every other week um, because you're just buying 12 sessions. And you're going to sprinkle those in throughout that you know, throughout your season. And those workouts are usually like 30 to 45 minutes. Um, so that would be the perfect schedule, whether you're in middle school, high school. When you get to college, I really think getting in three to four sessions per week is going to be ideal because that's what you're going to do in college. You're going to train four days a week. You're going to put in a lot of volume. So you really want to build in that tissue durability, that resiliency in the body, and you really want to match your performance with those 22-year-olds. And, you know, you don't want to jump in your freshman year and your body is just shocked with all the volume. So that's where I think three to four days a week is optimal. Um, so I hope that answers your initial question because we get that day one with, you know, some of our newer athletes and parents. Um, I hope it sparked some new questions that you can bring those to the table. You know, you can, you know, call me, you can email us info at FIT-strength.com. Happy to dive in deeper to see what's optimal. Um, but that's generally my first answer, right? That's generally going to be what I tell people off the bat. Um, sixth grade and older, let's try to get in two times a week for a minimum 12 straight weeks. And then you can ebb and flow based on the calendar. If it has to be once a week, hey, that's great too. Um, when they get to that junior, senior year and club and AU starts to, you know, take, you know, not occur or it's not as heavy in the schedule, let's try to get three or four days a week to prepare you for college. Um, 
So that's just that initial conversation that I have. I hope that helped. Thanks for listening to this. Again, any questions, just email us at info at FIT-strength.com. If you're someone that I've already been in contact with, you probably have my work number, so shoot me a text, and I'm happy to answer any more questions you may have. Uh, thanks again for listening, and have an awesome day.